the very first thing I did, mm -hmm. uh, because there were no functioning banks at the time in Cambodia, was to stop in Bangkok and go to the Chase Bank and withdraw like $50,000 in cash <laughs> and, and yeah. carry it I into Cambodia. I'll be the eyes so that I just can be. This is another episode of a special series called Enough for All of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. This series sheds light on 75 years of an NGO called CWS. My name is Moody Bloom and I welcome you to another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Today, everybody, this is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen, uh, of the special series about churchful service. And I really am delighted with today's guest because, you know, she has worked for CWS twice, at least that I know of, maybe more. We will hear that soon. Um, Linda, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, thanks, Maurice. It's great to be with you and, and your listeners. I'm Linda Hartke. Uh, at the moment, I'm serving as the interim vice president for operations at Church World Service. Um, but I've uh, had a long experience working both in politics and government and uh, with faith-based organizations. And as you mentioned, my, uh, my first stint with Church World Service um, was as the country director at CWS in Cambodia from 1992 to 1998. Um, then I moved to New York to work mm -hmm. at the headquarters as the deputy director for about three years. Uh, and now I'm back uh, decades later, um, yeah. supporting some organizational development at, at CWS as they have a, a focus on governance, on uh, operations, on policies and procedures. Mm. Before we go there, uh, Linda, do you still remember the first time you had heard about Church World Service? Yes, you know, the first time I would have heard about Church World Service was when my local church in Sudbury, Massachusetts, did a crop walk. Mm. Um, and I participated in crop walks as a young person um, and and then many years later as well. Um, I would say the the other kind of important moment when I, I recognized the work and the value of CWS was when I was working on Capitol Hill uh, as the mm -hmm. chief of staff to my congressman. Um, and we had a particular policy focus on issues related to refugees. Um, okay. the, the district Chet represented included Lowell, Massachusetts with a large Southeast Asian uh, refugee community. And, and CWS was really on the front lines mm. as advocates um, for good policies and for welcoming refugees to the United States. Okay. Um, were you born and raised in Massachusetts? No, I was born in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, um, okay. when my, my dad was in grad school. And then we lived in upstate New York and 
moved to Massachusetts when I was in the fourth grade. Okay, yeah. And 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 ultimately, where and what did you study? I I did undergraduate studies at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. um, with a double major in government and religion and biblical literature. Oh wow! Okay, and <laughs> and 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 so how did you? And from there, you ended up on the hill. Um, yeah, from yeah from from college, I first. Um, went to work in democratic politics in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I worked for the the Democratic Party in the state. I managed some political campaigns um, and ultimately managed the campaign of the party chairman, uh, who was my state senator also, who then was elected to Congress. And then I went to DC as his chief of staff. Wow. And, and how long did you do this, Linda? Uh, let's see. I was in DC for... Um, I want to say it was six or seven years. Oh, quite quite a long long yeah. time. So so yeah. So why did you not continue then in politics? Because you ended up ultimately with CWS. So yeah. So the the work in Washington because mm -hmm. of the particular focus on refugee policy um, yeah. was something that really um, impacted me significantly personally. Um, motivated me to want to have an experience living and working overseas and uh, working with refugees. So um, after a re-election campaign and all that goes with that every two years, um, I was ready for a change. And so um, decided that I wanted to go and work in Cambodia. So I started reaching out to organizations that I knew that worked there um, to see what might be possible. And that's then how I reconnected with CWS mm -hmm. and and led to the opportunity to work there. And and why Cambodia? Well, again, it was largely because of the experience, the um, the the district that the congressman represented mm -hmm. um, had a very, very large Cambodian refugee community. So it was um a community that I knew from the refugees who'd been resettled mm -hmm. and a set of issues I knew from a policy, public policy perspective. So that that made it interesting. It was also a unique time. It was the um, time just after the Paris Peace Accords when um, a UN peacekeeping mission was about to be deployed um, and refugees were about to be repatriated to, to Cambodia. So a time of significant change that was going to be fascinating to be a part of. Okay, and, and so you uh, applied for a job in Cambodia with CWS, and and what did you have to do in in Cambodia? Um, well, so I I started in Cambodia. The very first thing I did, mm -hmm. uh, because there were no functioning banks at the time in Cambodia, was to stop in Bangkok and go to the Chase Bank and withdraw like fifty thousand dollars in cash <laughs> and and yeah. carry it into Cambodia. Which, which, which taught me from day one that things were not going to be what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm um, laughing uh, for the listeners because, you know, Linda. Now at the moment, you, you have been hired to really streamline our 
our systems and procedures. So this is really funny. So this was many years ago, right? I mean, the it was clear. many, many years yeah. ago. Um, so the the work in Cambodia was um, was changing because the country was opening up. The embargo mm. was being lifted. The UN, other development agencies were coming in. Governments like the US were beginning to open missions and ultimately embassies as, as well. So it also meant it was a time for really reflection and thinking about uh, CWS's work. Mm -hmm. The work there historically um, had been uh, support for Cambodian government institutions, particularly the veterinary department, the agronomy department and the hydrology department. Um, and the evolution that took place during the time I was there was we we transitioned away from funding and supporting government institutions. We helped them and coached them as they began to partner with USAID and the Asian Development Bank mm -hmm. and the like. And we began to work more directly with local communities and with the newly forming Cambodian NGOs. Mm. And and um, so when you went there, how big was the CWS office? The CWS office would have been probably about 15 people. Okay. Uh, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 10 or 15. And that included, you know, cleaners and drivers and night guards and mm -hmm. the like. So it was quite small um, with expatriate staff from several countries, uh, again, all based in, in Phnom Penh, because at that time, initially, it wasn't possible to work, have expatriate staff travel outside of Phnom Penh. Mm. That changed. And of course, the work moved out to the provinces. Yeah. And what was your um, job? You know. So I joined uh, CWS as the assistant director and within about five or six months was the country director. Oh, wow. um, and uh, So how, yeah. who was the country director when you... when you? Uh, it was a, a fellow named Peter Laramie. Okay. Um, who had been a... was American, had lived in Thailand most of his life, had gone to Thailand as a Peace Corps volunteer and stayed. Mm -hmm. And I forgot uh, to ask you, who hired you? In, in the US, who was there? How, um, how did that go? You know, did you have yeah, it was, several it was, rounds of, of, of uh, interviews? and? Yeah, I mean, several mm -hmm. rounds of interviews, but the hiring manager was Lonnie Turnipseed okay. at the time. And who's who has been on this podcast as well. So, so yes. uh, uh, you know, listeners, if they did not listen to that, for sure should check that out because he's, yeah, he has a lot of experiences that he uh, shared yes. as well. So important for CWS. Okay, I, I, that's that's interesting. That's great. And so, how? Um, so five six months in, you you become the boss. That's fast. Um, you still have to learn the country. So, and and then ultimately, how many years uh, were you there? I mean, you. Um, and what are you most proud of when you look back? You know, of what you were able to to achieve with the team over there. Yeah. So um, I was there just over six years. Um, and saw the UN peacekeeping mission arrive and saw it leave. Um, one would like to think democracy was restored to Cambodia, but I can't quite say that that was the case, but at least there um, was more public participation in decision-making, more mm -hmm. transparency 
in in government, uh, multiple political parties. So that was all all good. Um, you know, I was I, I would say the things I was proudest about were, mm -hmm. was was some initial support we gave to um, the formation and the strengthening of some Cambodian NGOs, particularly those that worked with women and uh, those that worked in the human rights sector. Mm -hmm. um, and also along with a, a group of five other international NGOs, um, we formed a new organization um, to support uh, training and organizational development for Cambodian staff of mm. NGOs. Okay. And uh, and eventually that entity flourished on its own, could stand on its own, was more than financially viable and doing great work in terms of building capacity um, for Cambodians in their leadership. I mean, it was um, an important time and it moved quickly that there were opportunities for Cambodians to provide leadership mm -hmm. in the nonprofit sector, um, opportunities that weren't there just months um, or, and, and years before. Mm -hmm. you, you, to put some context, do you still remember how many uh, offices CWS had in Asia at that time. We uh, because we were not only in Cambodia, right? We uh, right in Vietnam we were, as well. We were in Vietnam, Thailand, um, Bangladesh, hmm. India. I think maybe India. I'm not sure. Uh, Indonesia, um, of course. Um, Those are the ones I can think about where, where yeah, we had might, offices. Might, yeah, that, that might be uh, when I think back. Uh, and, and India and Bangladesh fairly quickly became, uh, were handed over to the local right. uh, NGOs. Oh, yeah, and, and Pakistan as well. Pakistan, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but that was, I mean, they became independent much, much later. Yeah. Okay, so six years in, and then... You went straight, you went back, but you called back to New York. How, what happened? Yeah, so there was, an, I found out a new executive director yeah. um, at Church World Service. Mm -hmm. um, he came out and visited the program um, early on. And, um, and then a couple of months later, he reached out. Um, he actually, um, we got a, a fax because by then you weren't necessarily getting phone calls or emails, but it was, you yeah. know, maybe you were getting a fax if the lines were working that um, he was on his way to North Korea and wanted to stop by Phnom Penh, <laughs> which if you know your geography, it's, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> and um, so, so Rodney Page came back uh, to Phnom Penh and talked with me about coming to New York to serve as his deputy at CWS. And so we had a good conversation. I said, I would think about it. I'd get back to him. We continued mm -hmm. the conversation. And then I decided to, to move to New York, which was as much a culture shock as it was moving mm -hmm. to Cambodia in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know all about it because I, years and years later, I, I went from Asia to New York as well. So I, I can relate to that. It's, it's you know just for the listeners also i i had a 
um, a conversation with Rodney a page for this uh, podcast series um, and yeah he is he's definitely a storyteller um, but I I don't remember if it if it was if he mentions this on the podcast but I've heard this him say this many many times that his best hire ever was you you know this is the best move he has ever done because but you were you he asked you to do a yeah many things but one big big task and, and can you maybe uh explain that a bit about what happened because uh, when you came uh churchill service was still part of the national council of churches right yeah um well it really was to sort of facilitate and lead the process for cws um standing on its own as a legal entity uh, rather than as uh, simply as a department of the National Council of Churches. So um, I coordinated both the legal work and then mm -hmm. also the negotiations and um, dialogue with NCC leaders as well as denominational leaders uh, to make to make that that possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I... I don't envy you that you had to do this. I mean, I, I think ultimately everybody would would have agreed that this was a, an important, well, a, a good move. But that doesn't mean that, yeah, it was easy. So, so that's right. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I also had another, uh, you know, besides the role I had, which at the time was uh, deputy director for programs and operations. Um, oh, you were also <laughs> operations. <Wow>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that. Um, uh, the director of the community fundraising programs based mm -hmm. in Elkhart um, also left, retired. Um, and so Rodney asked me to serve as interim. So for about eight months, I also was the interim leadership in Elkhart. So I was doing a week in Elkhart and a week in New York. Wow. And a week in Elkhart and a week in New York. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. So, so, um, uh, yeah, but, but ultimately, did you find a re replacement for for uh, how how was that done, or did you do this until the end, both jobs? No, 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 no. There okay. was a replacement hired. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it didn't didn't last that long, but while it did last, everybody in New York appreciated it because every time I came back from mm -hmm. Indiana, I brought an entire carton full of fresh ear corn from Indiana back to New York to the office. <laughs> 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 that's great. That's a great story. You know, if you look back at your period at, at the headquarters, um, you know, outside of, of that you were responsible for facilitating that process, which was really significant, you know, within the history of, of CWS. Um, if we if we look at the programmatic uh, issues, is there something that you know that you remember is you know you would like to lift up or or uh, that you're proud of or was difficult? No, I mean it was um, it was a time I think of some significant change in the support CWS was receiving from its member denominations. Mm -hmm. um, I know that continues uh, today as well. Um, and, and so needing to kind of rethink funding models, um, what kinds of programs 
we could support with resources from denominations as opposed to those that were supported with grant dollars um, from the federal or state government. Um, you know, that's a, it's been an ongoing process for CWS. I know um, it's, it's not, doesn't just happen once and then it's mm -hmm. over. It's just a, a continuing evolution and, and change mm -hmm. in, in many ways. So it, you know, it was, um, I will say, I think it was difficult in, with many of the historic partnerships that CWS had with mm -hmm. um, local church churches and church entities overseas who were used to being able to partner with CWS and receive significant financial dollars, mm -hmm. um, financial resources to support their work. And as denominational support declined, we were less and less able to do that. Um, and to provide that kind of assistance. The partnership and relationship was still important, but the ability to commit significant financial resources um, declined. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I think I think the other thing that was very different at that time as well is that we we went through a period where we had a very strong, robust, large um, disaster response program. Uh, both domestically and internationally. Mm -hmm. um, the immigration and refugee program was smaller um, and that's evolved and changed as well, both based on, I think, on a combination of need, uh, capacity and resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right. In, and within capacity, I would say also, you know, certain people um you you might try to build a system not thinking about the people but at the, at the end you know who who do you have uh, in certain positions is is a is a big deal as well and i had conversations with Rick Oxberger for example within the series and you know uh, Donna Durr uh, was really instrumental for CWS as well right so um hey hey linda um you know, when, when CWS was celebrating its 50 years anniversary, a book was made called uh, um, 50 Years of Help and Hope. Um, when C Church World Service celebrated 75 years, it did not make a book. And I'm trying, you know, this kind of podcast is a, is my effort of, of you know, m making something to, to uh, remember all the work that we have done over the OG years. But... If a book would have been made about 75 years of church world service, uh, what would, yeah, what type of, uh, what kind of um, keywords would you have used, you know, within the title? Yeah. Um, responding or responsive, um, faith, community engagement, fighting hunger advocating for justice. Um, what do you like about the work of CWS? I guess I, you know, in part that it is like the proverbial elephant. It's like, you know, if you touch the ears, it feels like one thing and you touch the trunk and it mm -hmm. feels like something else and you touch the tail and it feels like something entirely different. Um, it's, um, it's big and broad and beautiful. 
um, both in its parts and in its whole. Um, and ultimately very strong hmm. and and resilient. Um, I mean, where where other organizations have um, fallen short or given up or um, completely cast off entire areas of of work and response. Um, I think CWS hasn't done that. It's it's evolved in the approach it takes. Um, it's continued to, I think, improve and strengthen um, how it works and has sought greater impact. Um, but it is tenacious and it's really, really stuck with a mission of, of making a difference in the lives of the neighbors that we know and the neighbors that, that we'll never get to meet. I like Richard, how you described that. Um, yeah, you are now with your you know second uh, stint with CWS as interim VP, Vice President Operations. Right? Is the is that the official title? Right. Yeah. Um, when you, yeah, what 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 are you doing differently now? Um, you know. Because you know you have left, you had left uh, Churchill Service for many different things. You know you were uh, CEO of other organizations, um, so you have learned things there. So how did you start? How how are you doing things differently now uh, within CWS than than you know during your first period? Um, well, it's interesting when when I started this kind of second career with, yeah. with CWS. Um, it started last year really as a consultancy doing an assessment of the operations needs of the organization. And um, and that was really grounded in a lot of listening, um, talking to a lot of people within the organization, never assuming, never able to assume that I knew better than anybody else so doing a lot of a lot of listening and looking for common threads and where there were differences then um trying to understand why there were differences and what the best best path forward might be so um i would say you know when i came to cws headquarters um from cambodia i mean i had an experience of cws already in the field which is very different from headquarters um and this time around, it really, you know, my work started with an awful lot of listening and looking for um, common perceptions of need and priority for the organization. Uh, and and I just, I guess I feel um, part of my mandate, and it's also because I'm not in the job permanently, mm -hmm. is, is to really facilitate conversations, thinking, reflection, um, and consideration of the functioning of the organization and how it can be, how it can be strengthened. Um, and not, you know, not just sort of plowing ahead. This is my way. This is how I think it should be done. Um, because ultimately that, that won't be sustained. Mm. Um, it, it really has to be owned by, um, various leaders within the organization.
if I ask you to name uh, one colleague uh, or a partner uh, organization or a supporter of Church World Service who best embodies what CWS is about, uh, who will you name and why? Yeah, well, I've already named him, so I would name Rodney Page. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I would name him because I think um, he had a very clear vision for the organization, um, where it needed to go, yet not at the expense of history mm. and relationships. Uh, he wasn't at all daunted at the idea of change and massive change in the organization. He was a consummate storyteller. And the stories were just not a, uh, a tool for engaging somebody. The, the stories to Rodney, I think, are very personal. Um, and they mean a lot to him. And, and so they're, they're treasures in many ways um, that he loves to share. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, 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 I totally agree with you. So I, I, folks should really check out that episode with, with Rodney, who was, you know, uh, a former uh, CEO of uh, Church World Service. Um, Linda, when, when I talk about Church World Service, I often say, you know, I think it started as a as a Christian U.S. ecumenical organization, and then it slowly evolved in a more global interfaith organization. You know, and there are people that agree with me and others not. Uh, um, yeah, what about you, if you hear me say that? You know, I think it's it's not not as easy to sort of characterize um global organizations um you know the the history of cws is not just history it's also it's how it's founded how it's legally registered how it's structured and and organized is as um an ecumenical christian faith-based organization at the same time i think it's done a superb job of um, of adapting to a broader relevant context. Um, so, you know, no longer is it expected or required that staff be practicing Christians. Um, no longer is it expected that uh, partners and programs that we fund address um, or are only with uh, Christian faith-based organizations or denominations. Um, there's a, a much broader view, I think, of, of the world without sacrificing or giving up uh, the roots of the organization. Um, I Yeah, in all my uh, episodes, I always have a question about music as well. So I am going to ask you, uh, yeah, similar question. If I ask you to come up with a song or a piece of music that best represents what Church World Service is about, yeah, what song, which song would that be? Or piece of music, yeah. So I would choose Bob Dylan's The Times They Are a Changing. Okay. Can you, can you tell a little bit more, you know, why? Why you chose this song? Well, because yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's true of CWS today, mm -hmm. as CWS... 
um, grows and um, is strengthened, um, evolves in the ways that it works and is organized, but it's also true of its past. Um, you know, if if you go back to the very early, early days of CWS um, and, you know, collecting grain from farmers um, to help refugees, um, it's changed a lot. And I think the, um, the process of change, of evolution, uh, both in how CWS works and in who we really target as those we serve who are most in need um, has changed. So I think the, the 75 years, in fact, are a cycle, a continuing cycle of change uh, that only continues today. I, uh, let us yeah, piggyback more on the change. Um, you know, we have had and we are still have the questions in terms of our brand. You know, we came out of uh, yeah, linked with you know thirty seven different denominations. Um, at the same time, uh, within those Protestant churches, Anglican churches, Orthodox churches, the number of people um, that are going to churches are, are reducing. That has an effect on our supporters as well. So. We have had discussions around the brand in terms of, you know, maybe we should not be called church world service, especially the word church is very loaded. Um, yeah, how do you see that in terms of, you know, uh, finding uh, future supporters? Because our, our present supporters are very uh, faithful, so it's no problem at all uh, that we are called church world service. But, you know, with the younger generation, it seems to be a challenge. Yeah. Well, I guess I would posit that even already the brand has evolved and that CWS is perhaps most commonly known as CWS, not as Church World Service. Um, mm -hmm. In some ways, I, it's kind of sad that we're reduced to an acronym, but <laughs> yeah. um, but but that's that's what it what it is. So um, even the brand itself, without intention can mm -hmm. can evolve and and change and mm -hmm. i guess i i would hope that uh going forward we can both um think about legacy both as past um the history the roots the motivations that led to this organization uh but also think about legacy as future uh, and um, what legacy we want to shape, what what we want our legacy to be 10, 20, 30, 40, another 75 years um, from now, and to prepare and equip ourselves uh, for that. And that that may well mean, you know, further shaping of, of the brand. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also um, very much about how we engage supporters and not just the current supporters, but the supporters we aspire to have. Um, and and that um, we can spread the word far and wide that CWS is a really smart 
investment for doing good in a fractured and hurting world. Talking about the past legacy and the future legacy, um, you know, an important piece, and, and rightly so, I think, is at the moment, you know, discussions around um, fighting injustice and specifically racial injustice. Um, yeah, but if you, you know, because you have worked for church world service for, you know, two periods, um, how was, yeah, if you look at our role in fighting injustice and specifically racial injustice, how did we do and how are we doing? I mean, I think um, over much of CWS's history, um, racial injustice has not been understood to be part of its mission and and focus. Um, not to say that it's unimportant by any means. Um, quite honestly, it's it's also part of the history of the relationship with the National Council of Churches. Um, who had a strong mandate and emphasis and work um, in in the area of um, fighting racial injustice um, in support of the civil rights movement and the like. So that was always seen as um, someone else's responsibility. I think um, with time now there's a greater sense of um, a role for CWS, certainly the racial justice platform that CWS has adopted is important. Um, and, and I think um, keeping in mind that work like this um, has to start at home. You know, it's, it's not about, oh, we can be the great proponent of racial justice overseas somewhere, but it it needs to and is starting at home within CWS as an organization, among our staff, uh, among our member churches, mm -hmm. um, and in the communities where we're connected um, to local churches and, and other entities. So um, my sense is it will, you know, it will probably be only work that grows, um, but I, I hope we do a good job of it at home first before we, we try to tackle it more broadly. Yeah, we, you know, we talked about, about um, Rodney being a good uh, storyteller. I, I do want to, to ask you, you know, to share an anecdote maybe or, or an experience uh, that best describes your time with CWS or a memory. So um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it will be nice to hear something. Yeah, well, it doesn't put me on the spot because it's a story I've yeah. told many times after uh -huh. after my work for CWS in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. And it's really about um, humility and learning from the people that we serve. Um, early in my tenure in Cambodia, I traveled down to Sphiring province near the border with Vietnam where we had community development work. And I, I made the trip because we were gonna be dedicating a new school 
that had been built by the local community with support from Church World Service. So it was a big deal for this community and a big deal for, for CWS. And we had the ceremonies and the flowers and the dancing and the speeches and all of the things that go along with dedicating a, a new school in a Cambodian context. And then there was a meal and the community, the women in particular, of course, had been working hard to prepare a meal for us. And it was rice and uh, soup and soup out of big a big cauldron mm -hmm. um, that had been cooking for a long time. And um, I got my bowl of soup and my rice and sat down to eat it. Um, and I was hungry. I looked down in my bowl and floating on the top of my soup were curled up little red ants. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not particularly fond of insects, um, <laughs> but you know, anyways. So I, as uh, privately and carefully as I could, used my spoon to kind of scoop up some of the ants and flip them out of the soup bowl. And um, hoping it wouldn't be noticed, but it was. And someone from the community asked me what was wrong. And I said, oh, well, don't worry about it. No problem. Um, I, there are just some ants in my soup. And, and the woman explained to me that they were there on purpose. They were there as a, a flavoring, as a spice. Hmm. And that they had worked very hard to go out into the forest to collect them. Um, so that they could be put as garnish on, on the soup for this special occasion. And of course, I felt like I felt horrible then for what I'd done, but it was an important lesson mm. to learn that um, my perception of something um, was totally wrong and that my hosts and the local community had been doing something wise and kind and generous and that um, I needed to be more open to learning from them. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing this. I didn't know that about <clears throat> red, red ants. Um, yeah, although I've eaten a lot of things that we normally don't eat in, in Kalimantan, <laughs> Indonesia and stuff, but never that. Uh, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great story, uh, Linda. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, yeah, funny. We have talked about the elephant. We have talked about the ant now. So, and they often have stories <laughs> together, right? <laughs> um, hey, yeah. Is there anything that you would like to say or uh, want to wish for CWS? It almost seems like you know, you, it, at the end of the month, uh, you're done, right? Or, or is it, is that correct? No, not not. Well, whenever someone is hired into oh, the, or whenever someone is hired, so I don't want not, to push. It almost like yeah. now I was like, oh, this 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 seems like a, a farewell question, but I'm asking this to everybody. So, so uh, yeah, any any wish for for CWS? Yeah, I mean, it's really that that CWS continues to be open to change, um, to feel called to meet human need wherever it might be, that um, that the staff of CWS feel um, inspired and valued every day, um, knowing that they're making a real difference in the work that, that they do. Um, 
and and that CWS continues to reflect God's love for for all people and all of its work. Is is there anything that I should have asked you about CWS that I didn't? No, I don't think so. And if so, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <then. laughs> hey, Linus, thank you so much. I mean, first of all, for hiring me, because I haven't talked to, told the listeners, but that's how my career with uh, Church World Service started. I mean, you hired me as the, the country representative for Indonesia. And the rest is history, because uh, many years later, I'm still around. Uh, yes. And it has for for me it has been a, a definitely a, a blessing and a great journey. So uh, thank you so much for that, and thank you for today and, and uh, for sharing your stories, for being who you are, and for all the work and dedication that you've given to church world service. Thanks so much. My my pleasure, and it's really been my privilege to um, to to have the opportunity to work with with CWS and to be a supporter in bigger ways and small ways. Thanks. Thank you. Do you see you? Do you see me? Will you be the eyes so that we all can be? Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to know more about Church World Service, please check out cwsglobal.org. Thank you.